to ease into the rigors of competition, the candidates get one shot to cook and present their creations, and the judges who determine their fate have roughly five minutes to taste and consider it. In the Bocuse d'Or's current form, twenty-four teams, each comprising of a chef and a commis, or assistant, compete. The only thing they know for certain when they begin is that three of them will emerge with precious metals— while the others will slink home empty-handed. Despite these odds, the Bocuse d'Or draws professionals, many from top kitchens who already toil in pressure-cooker environments, subsist on precious little sleep, and subject themselves to dozens, even hundreds, of verdicts every working day. Any number of clichés may explain the appeal of the Bocuse d'Or. Chefs love a challenge. Chefs are competitive. Chefs are masochists. All are appealing, but none fits the entire field. Just as people get into cooking for different reasons, there's no single motive for pursuing this culinary holy grail. Candidates are philosophically unified, however, when they come out on the other side. I learned a lot about myself is perhaps the most common sentence uttered by those who have vied for the Bocuse d'Or when asked to evaluate their experience. This doesn't surprise Roland Ennen who coached Team USA at the 2009 edition. Competition doesn't form character, NN is fond of saying. Competition reveals character. An American team has competed at every Bocuse door, but the United States has not yet reached the elusive podium where gold, silver, and bronze medalists are bathed in a light storm of glitter and flashbulbs. In 2008, a triumvirate of culinary figures, Daniel Bolu, Thomas Keller and Jérôme Bocuse raised unprecedented support and awareness for the American enterprise. This is their story, and the story of the team that competed for the United States at the 2009 Bocuse d'Or. What they did, how they did it, and what they learned. Timothy Hollingsworth, chef de cuisine at Thomas Keller's landmark restaurant, The French Laundry, in Yountville, California, calls the highest state of kitchen being the dance. It's a phrase he learned from Keller himself, described in the restaurant's employee manual as the way each of us interacts with the other, crucial in the flow of a great kitchen. The dance, as Hollingsworth interprets it, can take many forms. There's the synchronicity of a kitchen brigade firing on all cylinders, the cooks complementing, if not actually completing, each other's tasks picking up food, plating food, sometimes even cooking food for the person next to them. It can and should look like a naturally occurring phenomenon, but is achieved only with great and sustained effort. There is also an individual dance in which a cook experiences the exhilaration of peak performance, operating on pure instinct, all of his senses integrated seemingly without the middleman of a brain. Preparations are stirred, sniffed, adjusted, tossed, approved, plated, and then forgotten as he undertakes the next order. Hollingsworth likens this iteration of the dance to the quintessential image of a football running back, the ball clutched tightly to his chest, charging past linesmen, spinning and weaving his way around or through an onslaught of defenders. In movies, that moment is often depicted in slow motion the way it may feel to the athlete, and the only way for an outsider to fully appreciate its intricacies. But time is actually moving faster, 
as the running back makes a series of nanosecond decisions and infinitesimal adjustments. Hollingsworth regularly attains the dance at the French Laundry. But on January 28, 2009, at the Bocuse d'Or, the most pressure-filled day of his young life, Hollingsworth wasn't dancing. He moved with assurance, grace even, but any co-worker would recognize that he wasn't swaying or ever so slightly swaggering as he moved from one side of the kitchen to the other, the way he did when he was in the zone. He wasn't quite lost in his work, wasn't flowing naturally from one movement to the next. Instead, he seemed to be thinking about the long list of tasks before him, whether alternating avocado and diced shrimp shingles atop a rectangle of puff pastry or overlaying a sheet of poached cod mousse with pureed scallop roe. Hollingsworth was cooking in a box, a three-by-six-meter kitchen, one of a dozen...